Hi, this is Betsy foldis Myman, and I am the producer of ConnectiPod, and I'm so happy to have Andre with me again. Andre Devansons. Hello, Yay. hello. <laughs> <laughs> back again. Now, Andre, I went back to this. We're doing our, our Grateful for Our Grads, and also mm-hmm. it's LGBTQ month, right? So we wanted to go back and, uh, first of all, congratulate you on graduating. Where'd you graduate? I graduated. Ah, word's hard. I graduated from Van Nuys <laughs> High School. It's been a crazy four years, especially the last uh, year in quarantine. Quarantine school's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I got to spend the last few months, um, you know, living my best life, especially with things starting to open up slightly again. I was able to do a lot of stuff for journalism, taking photos of everything from volleyball, baseball, the superintendent, Austin Butner, the superintendent of the California Department of Education, Anthony Thurman. I really got to grow as a person over the past three months. And even though, you know, graduating in a pandemic sucks, yeah. it was a great experience. Oh. And you're going on to Cal Poly Pomona, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. For journalism? Yeah. Ah, yeah I got of course. It. <laughs> <laughs> it helps that you texted me just today. But <laughs> <laughs> so the other portion of this, when it, we're going to go back and we're going to listen to this, you and I, and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. Because when we did this episode, it was the teen mental health series that we mm-hmm. were doing, and you were just coming out and just kind of grasping who you were and all of that. So if you don't mind, I want to revisit that too, because it's LGBTQIA month. Did I get all of the letters in? <laughs> Honestly, I even I... I'm not on track with half of it. It's such a constantly changing subject. Mm-hmm. You know, and everyone has an opinion on it, and everyone's opinion is slightly different. It's just, it's hard to follow everything, even as a member of the community. That's like saying, like, I follow all European history because I'm European. Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's hard. That's a great analogy. Okay, so let's take a break. You and I are going to listen to the episode, and then we'll come back and, uh, and we'll close it up. How's all that right. sound? That's perfect. This is Betsy Foldis-Myman, and I'm interviewing Andre Devansons about his piece for Connectopod. So, Andre. Yeah. <laughs> we've known you a long, long time. I've known you since you were... God, how old were you when we first met? Second grade. So yeah, like second seven. grade. <laughs> and how old are you now? I'm 16. 16. 15. <laughs> 15. <laughs> I wish. Get ready to get that driver's <laughs> yeah. license. Huh? Are you the permit? Do you uh, have yours yet? No, I don't even have my permit yet. Right? Well, you can get it. 16, you have to be anyway. Wait, no, wait, no. Yes, I am 16. Years? Wait, yes, 16. <laughs> no, wait a minute. I am 53, and I often forget whether I'm 53 or 52. You can't do that at 15, 16. <laughs> I'm the one. <laughs> um, I can never remember how old I am either. So, all right, let's see. Um, I wanted to ask you, why uh what what inspired you to do this piece well i am part of the lgbtq community i'm pansexual um okay what does that mean pansexual so the older folks like me out there what does that mean so that means that um i think like the best way to look at it is that i'm an open book i'm open to all sexualities so male female uh gay you know just whatever you are you know i don't um like to I, I don't um like discriminate because even inside of the community there's a lot of discrimination like gay people d- might not like a bisexual person or a bisexual person wouldn't want to get together with a transgender person mm-hmm. pansexual people we are like f- we're fine with everyone we're like you're you're a guy you're a girl you're non-binary you're transgender doesn't matter mm-hmm. um like it's more looking at the person than the body 
That is, I uh, totally get that about you because you've always been such an open, kind person. Um, okay. So then in doing this piece, like, how are you approaching it? Well, I'm approaching it um, to be very informative because mm -hmm. as we saw right there, there's so many details in just one category. And there's so many categories that we you can put yourself under. Like, because, you know, right now it's the time of labeling. Everyone likes to label things to be, I'm this, this, this. I'm straight Republican, straight Democrat, gay, and etc. So when there's all these labels, you start losing meaning. So I want, through the in interviews and my own commentary, I want to put meaning into these labels. Ha let people know, like older folk like you, who who like... <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who are used to, uh, like, just, like, the binary, so, like, um, gay, straight, lesbian, male, female, to understand that it's more of a spectrum, to understand more of the reality. Mm -hmm. To use a term that's been used a lot, fluid, right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, when you, so you chose, so you interviewed different people from within the community, mm -hmm. correct? So who did you interview and why did you choose that person? Well, I'm not going to mention names because, you know, um, there is a very, <clears throat> there's a lot of um, anonymity inside of the um, community because some people aren't comfortable with telling people outside of the community that they are who they are because of all the discrimination we've seen throughout time. Um, so I've... I interviewed um, actually someone who works at my school, and they're um, they're an ally, which means that they're not, you know, they're not gay or whatever, but they are um, like they support the community. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like a lot of people are allies, and um, I feel like it's important to note what someone who isn't in the community. Mm -hmm to note how they feel and their thoughts about it it so it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't give a hostile um atmosphere of like this is who we are and yes this is us it's more we are everyone is part of the community it's not just yeah. some people we're all part of the community we're all human beings and we should all respect each other what was the line that your your father said about um i res not respect i i accept you what he was saying is that, like, people are talking about acceptance. People say they tolerate LGBT people, or they tolerate black rights, or they t tolerate whatever. All these things people tolerate, but they don't accept. Like, you can tolerate anything, mm -hmm. but do you accept it? Do you truly believe that those people have rights? Do you truly believe in those people? Do you validate them? Because tolerance, tolerance is a sad word. Because it's a word that doesn't just mean acceptance. It, it could still have discrimination. Like, I deal with you, but I don't understand who you are. So, for you, have you experienced a lot of discrimination yeah. personally? Yeah. I've been, I've been called a faggot before. I've been called all these things, and I've been discriminated by people because of who I am, because I'm very open about who I am, because I, my personal um, 
philosophy is that I I want to be an open book. I want everyone to know everything about me, so they don't make judgments. Like they don't make early judgments. They don't just judge me because of how I look. They can judge me because of who I am, because of my personality, and then hopefully they can get to know me even better through conversation and then learn my full picture. Yeah. Well, how, what would you say, what was the youngest you were when you heard a slur like that? A slur directed to me or directed, mm-hmm, directed to you? To me? Mm-hmm. Probably seventh or eighth grade. And when was the first time you heard a slur that wasn't directed at you that you thought, oh, me, that's, that's me, maybe I better not say anything? Well, I didn't really think, like, maybe that's me. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, I've heard those words coming from people, uh, whether on the internet, on the news, since I was in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And I've always been open, but, like, I never, um, like, thought about it really deeply until middle school. In elementary school, like, I, like, looking back on it now, I was like, yeah, I've done this stuff. But, um, like, Back then, there's that childhood innocence of we're all who we are, and I feel like that innocence fades with age. When I was in elementary school, like I, I was like, oh, I like girls, and but I was I still liked everyone because I was used to the social standards, which are like boys like girls, girls like boys. That's it. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, like. In middle school, I started thinking back, and I was like, I had these thoughts, and I have thoughts now, and so I'm going to, to like, act on those, see if I am comfortable with it, and even now, after I've been open for four or five years now, I'm still doubting. Like, I'm still not confident in who I am because of the discrimination that happens to people, uh, that happens to me. Um, it's, it's, cause it's a hard topic. Yeah. 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 And how do you, how do you work through the things that are hard? I push through. I, I know that I have my friends and I have people who accept me for who I am. And all I can do is try and make the haters, try and make the people who discriminate understand but I know that I can't make everyone understand. You you know, like, you tell, you may, may have told your kid, like, go out there and make friends. And then when they're sad that they, that not everyone's their friend, can't make everyone your friend. That's, sadly, you can't. It'd be, it'd be great to make everyone your friend. But you can't. But you can at least try. And that's what I feel is the most important thing, that we just try. That takes a lot of courage. That takes a lot of courage to to constantly try rather than just be like, I'm just not going to show anybody who I am. It takes a lot of courage to be that open, Andre. Yeah. Thank you. Do you feel like you have a good support system around you? Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially at my school, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of people who are open. Of course, there are still discriminatory people at my school, but a lot of people are open about who they are, about their sexuality. Um, and especially in the programs that I am in, the foreign arts, um, I know so many people, and I have so many people who are open. We have a GSA club, which is a gay, uh, straight alliance, 
or uh, gender sexuality lens. Sorry, whoops. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's all, all these resources that are open to us. So, like, why hide? Oh, that's true. And um, do you feel like your family is supportive to you too? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, that's lucky, right? It, it takes it takes time. You know, for anyone listening to this who is and is scared to come out or whatever, it takes courage and it takes time. You know, my mom wasn't fully accepting. She was tolerant. But now she's accepting. And, um, like, even there's still times where, like, I, f- I do doubt their acceptance. But, like, everything in life, it just takes time. Yeah, it does. And so now, like, you've you've been dealing with your emotions about this, and I know that you've had to work through things, right? So how does that affect, like, your vision of yourself in the future? Like, what do you, what do you want to do, and where do you see yourself going? And, like, how do you, how do you feel like you'll accomplish that? Three big questions, right? Yeah. But you can take that in any way you want to. Give me whatever answer you want to. So, like, for a career, I've, like, always loved cars, you know, but, like, when it comes to me, like, for who I am, other than just money or job or whatever, I want to help people. Like, um, I recently got told by one of the counselors at my school, like, that, like, um, he sees me as a leader, and that changed my perspective, because I've never seen myself as a leader. For the record, Andre, I've always seen you that way, too. <laughs> God, making me blush. <laughs> so, like, I, What's I'm, the sound of blushing? <laughs> what is the next episode? <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, like, I've, I've started building my self-confidence. And in the future, I feel like it'd be great like lead acceptance to try and get more people to be accepting towards um the community so in throughout my lifetime i definitely think i'm going to be a loud voice for the community i feel like i'm going to be an advocate mm-hmm. to try and increase understanding because this uh, man i'm forgetting his name was this man who was a black man who um he went to kkk rallies to understand wow well, we'll go back and we'll I'll, I'll 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 put that in the credits so people will know what to look for. I'll put it in the description. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So and yeah. I'm not going to be able to quote him verbatim, but he said something along the lines of, um, you know, um, discrimination is brought from hate, and hate comes from ignorance, and ignorance comes from a lack of education. So what are we to do? To, to remove hate from our society, educate. Yeah. I think you're the person for the job. I do. <laughs> I think, I think you have a lot to give that way from, you know, seeing, watching you interact with, you know, I've been, like, a, like I said, I've known you for a really long time and how you've always interacted with people has always been in a really kind and, um, not just kind, but in a way that's very observational. Like you work with people where they are. For instance, James, you know, our, our, our other reporter has uh, apraxia of speech, and you came up automatically with ways to help him, you know, and he gravitates to you for that same reason. And when you taught him editing and, you know, when you working on uh, doing beats with him with sound, you know, mm-hmm. so you have very 
are very strong in that way. Like you have a natural ability and a natural penchant to reach out to people. Mm -hmm. And you make every every time we get together a stronger and more fun affair. <laughs> uh, what else do we want to say? Um, is there anything else that you want to cover that we didn't cover? You're the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I could interview you for another hour, but then, the, you know, I just wanted yeah. to get like a little, kind of like a, I just wanted to get a breakdown of what you were thinking when you created your piece, you know, and I'll let you tell your own story in your episode. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, the thing about this episode that has really made me happy is that in my goal to bro broaden other people's horizons, I broadened my own. Yeah, that's the way it works, right? That's the yeah. best of that's the best of podcasts, right? Yeah. <laughs> when you have to reach out to understand something, I can't wait to hear all your interviews. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, that's it. Until we hear Andre's full episode, and uh, tune in. We'll make sure you know about it. Anything else you want to say? I'm Andre Devansons, and I'm signing out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, that was really sweet to listen to again. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's a lot has stayed the same, but also a lot has changed in my views and in, uh, just the world in general. Mm, right. Yeah. So what would you say has stayed the same? Well, first off, I do know the name of that guy who I mentioned at the end, <laughs> Daryl Davis. Um, when I found that TED Talk, like, I don't know, three, four years ago, it really changed me. Like, he came out of a place where they're rampant with hate. Yeah. He was a target of hate. And then he comes out stronger, teaching people, like, that's the only way to get better. And that he even convinced the Grand Dragon of the KKK to step down, which is <laughs> mind-boggling, to say yeah. the least. That was, what, two years ago, right? You were right before your 16th birthday, I think, mm -hmm. right? Okay, and so... From that time until now, would you say it was harder or easier than you thought it was going to be? Okay, so mm, it was strange, mostly because of COVID, obviously, because I didn't really have to personally interact with very many people. So whether or not that hindered my growth as a person, mm -hmm. you know, I'll never be able to say. Obviously, I experienced less hate and I experienced less acceptance because... Just there was just a generally lesser amount of people. People I mainly talked to were my teachers, mm -hmm. who obviously are accepting. Sometimes my classmates, and my basically my just my friend group. We'd you know call every day on Discord, play games, you know, um, and you know these things are never really mentioned. It's just you know that's who you are, you know, you know. Just between six when I was sixteen and eighteen, I just kept being a person. You know, at the end of the day, I think that. <laughs> That that's something that people just need to realize that everyone's a person, no matter your skin color, no matter your your sexuality, your gender, it doesn't matter. And how would you describe your sexuality and your gender now? I'm still male, but I'm still pan. Mm -hmm. um, so not, you stand by like what you, your description, yeah. then you think it's pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm just 18. I'm still experimenting. I'm still learning. And I think that 
something that I actually do regret is putting a label on myself in the first place. That's funny. Um, you know, I mentioned there's hate in the community. And there's there's hate from everyone, everywhere. Like, in these past two years, um, you know, through the end of the Trump presidency and now into the Biden presidency, there was a lot of tension and a lot of change that happened very quickly for better or for worse there's been a lot of change and i feel like right now it's it's a very strange time to be alive because you're prosecuted for having your own beliefs from any side so does this have anything to do with your decision to go into journalism for a major first off I just fell in love with journalism. Like, I've always loved reading articles. You know, I've obviously loved doing podcasts. But talking to people is the only way that progress can be made. Because you can't, you can't learn anything without talking to someone. Even if you're using online school. If you're using Khan Academy, you're still hearing someone's words. Someone is having a conversation with you through the code they did. But at the end of the day, one-on-one -on -one conversation is still the best. What do you aspire to as a journalist? Like what kind of medium will you use and what will you use it for? Well, as you know, I love cameras. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love being behind one, I love using one. I think I'm a decent writer. I really see myself as like a documentarian or a photojournalist because the power of seeing a person or, interact or seeing an interaction with people as we've seen, is more powerful than just words on a piece of paper. You feel more when you can see another person or hear another person. I want to be able to evoke the emotion of that time, of that place, and I want to try and do it as non-biased as possible. Obviously, that's extremely hard, and kind of, sadly, the only way to do that now is without being part of a major publication. So like as much as I like I'd love to you know the, I'd love to be like part of CNN, you know, like or Vice News. Those people are crazy. Mad respect to Vice reporters. But being part of a major publication forces you to be partisan. And so what you want to create your own independent source? That would be the dream. I think I have to be realistic with myself too. While I would love to do that, sometimes I feel like it's not possible because it's so so saturated and sadly i feel that my views because i'm moderate which is funny is considered controversial <laughs> being moderate now is considered controversial so for this episode i'm going to use the chorale piece that you recorded here and did and it was so beautiful so that's what i'm going to use for the music coming in and out can you just tell us real quickly what that was and what your um solo was uh, the los angeles master chorale has this program it's a music education program called the oratorio project mm -hmm. a professional singer a lyricist and composer work one-on-one -on -one with students to help them write music of eight or nine movement oratorio about a certain subject mm -hmm. and then the composer composes it to be a full choral orchestral piece and then we perform with professional singers to 
a live audience. This year we did it virtually. And this year's was about Naya, who is a ancient person, like the first American. They were mm-hmm. found at a bottom of a cave called Oyo Negro in Mexico, under under the water, in the ocean. You know, obviously dead. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, I was going to say dead. I was like, obviously. Um, but they found their bones there. This is the first Native American. Basically, the whole thing was about who she was, even though we kind of fabricated her reality, but from the facts, from fractures in her bones that show that even though she was like 14, she already gave birth. She was at the roughest part of her life. And so it was really interesting just writing a story of someone who existed, but you don't know. Mm. Um, it was a pretty interesting like thought experience, I guess you can say. Yeah, what a great experience. Yeah, it was very, very fun. And I personally sang as a scientist who was like analyzing her, her bones. It's very, it was very fun to write and very fun to perform. Uh, when you see something start from nothing to something and you see the end, like it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's like you see, it's like your child, you know, you're like, wow, I'm so mm. proud. I'm so happy. It's yeah. done. You know? Yes. Yes. I do know that feeling <laughs> both with an actual child and with the project <laughs> <laughs> here and, <laughs> and there. Uh, all right. So we're going to close up here. I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you've contributed to connect to pod and please feel free to come back and contribute anytime or to, uh, to mentor here. And we would love to have you. I'm always happy to be here and always happy to work with you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Andre. Thank and, you so much, Betsy. And congratulations and good luck. And I'm so proud of you. And Andrea is too. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I really appreciate that literally since second grade, you guys have allowed me to uh, participate and to just be involved in this amazing process. Because, um, you know, I've generally grown because of this because you know I've, I've learned I've learned skills I've learned how to audio edit I've learned how to speak out and not be afraid to speak out and I feel like I feel like that's when, and the stuff I was trying to say I feel like that's in, in the previous episode I feel like that's like the most important thing that you can tell anyone don't be afraid to tell yourself even in a day of cancel culture don't be afraid to speak your mind you shouldn't be afraid even under the threat of being canceled because at the end of the day, you are who you are. And there's no one who can change that. Wow. And indeed, that is where your strength flows from. Thank you so <laughs> but much. you were you know, like listening to your episode. You're so wise and so sage. And uh, <laughs> stop, <laughs> no, stop. No, no, for that age. I mean, seriously, to be that open. And it continues. And you're one of the most open people I know. And I can't wait to see you out in the world and doing your thing. So, all right. Anyway, enough for the love fest. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank